As we turn our attention now to the reading and proclamation of God's word, let us bow for a word of prayer. O Lord, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, so let your word be that goes out from your mouth. Let it not return to you empty, but accomplish in us that which you purpose, that we might abide in Christ and bear fruit that will last. For we pray in his name. Amen. This morning, we continue our summer sermon series on the prophets by sitting down with the prophet Jonah. Jonah is a bit different than many of the other prophets we've studied because the book that bears his name is mostly a narrative story about his life. Most of the prophets we've encountered so far uh, have mostly left us just with the oracles, uh, the prophecies that they uttered. But Jonah is a story about God's word coming to one prophet again and again. Before we begin, just a brief word. Uh, the sermon today does make a reference to a situation of domestic violence. And knowing that each of us brings different stories with us to worship, I wanted you to be aware of that. If that would surprise you, uh, please do whatever you might need to do to look after yourself. First, a New Testament lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. I invite you now to listen for God's word to you. Jesus said, Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go and search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. And now the sermon text from the prophet Jonah, select verses. I invite you tonight to read the whole book uh, if you have time. It's four short chapters uh, but this is a condensed version of the story of Jonah. Listen once again for the word of God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God, they said to Jonah, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I'm a Hebrew, Jonah replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, what is this you have done? 
For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because Jonah had told them so. Jonah said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. The Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out upon the dry ground. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever tried to avoid doing something hard? You know, something comes up that you know has to be done, that you know is the right thing to do, but you don't want to do it. So you put it off, you live in denial of it, or like Jonah, you literally run away from it. There's all sorts of ways that we practice this kind of avoidant behavior, right? Maybe we refuse to seek resolution in a relationship that has splintered. Maybe we refuse to apologize for a wrong we committed, finding all sorts of excuses to justify our actions. Or maybe we ignore some kind of chronic shortcoming in our lives, like a toxic habit or an addiction, instead of embarking on a path to healing. There's all sorts of ways we avoid doing what God would have us do. Now, most of the prophets we've encountered in this summer sermon series so far have been icons of faithfulness to God. God calls them to go and speak God's word, and they do it, even though it's hard, even though it's not what they would have otherwise planned for their lives. The Old Testament prophets are models of obedience and commitment to God's word. But Jonah reminds us, that it's not always so easy to do the right thing, right? Sometimes we hear God calling us to do something, but we muddy the waters. We look for an out. We make an excuse. And it's not because we're bad people. It's not because we don't want to do the right thing. It's because life is hard. Life is complex and demanding. Sometimes God calls us to do something, and we turn the other way. Sometimes we, too, end up running towards our own Nineveh with a ticket to Tarshish. When I was in college, I spent some time studying in Guatemala. And one night as I was walking back to my host family's house with some of my friends, 
we came across a woman sitting, seating on a, seated on a street corner, weeping. She was bloodied and bruised, likely the, the victim of domestic violence. And it was one of those situations where the right thing to do was obvious, right? We knew we should help. Here was a person in need, and here we were, four of us, with the means to help. And we immediately felt compelled to do something. But then the excuses started to set in. This is a dark alley, we said to ourselves. Are we safe? What if her abuser is nearby and he turns on us? What if this is some kind of trap and we get robbed? And we stood there for a moment, thinking it through or coming up with excuses. And we decided to move on. It was too big a risk to go to Nineveh, we thought. So we bought a ticket to Tarshish instead, and in that moment, fled from the presence of the Lord. You see, sometimes we avoid doing something hard, right? Sometimes we avoid doing the right thing. But after a while, it becomes harder to avoid. The wind begins to blow into your face, a storm brews in your conscience as God relentlessly seeks us out. And eventually we come to a halt. We find ourselves stuck in the depths. We wind up gutted by guilt or paralyzed with regret. And when we don't know where else to turn, all we can do is cast ourselves into the arms of our gracious God. When we come to the end of ourselves, God is standing by, ready to receive us at long last. When the storms of Jonah's life become too much, he casts himself overboard into a sea of God's mercy and surrenders to the God who can calm stormy seas and lead us beside still waters. And God sends a great fish to undo the distance that Jonah's avoided behavior had set up between Jonah and God. And the fish spits Jonah up back onto dry land. And then we hear the gracious words of the gospel in our text, which speak to all of us who have ever run away, to all of us who have ever done what we should not have done or not done what we should have done. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Friends, here is the good news of the gospel. The word of the Lord comes to us a second time. This is what we mean when we talk about grace. A second word, a second chance, a second look. The word of the Lord comes to us a second time, even when we fled to Tarshish the first time. Our God is a God of second chances. And this time, Jonah obeys the voice of the Lord. He sets out and he goes to Nineveh, and the message that God gives to Jonah to speak in that massive city accomplishes that which God purposes, and the people repent. Friends, no matter how far we might have fled, no matter how far to the right or to the left we might have wandered, and no matter what we might be trying to avoid, the word of the Lord comes to us a second time. God speaks, 
And the word of the Lord will not be hindered by our shortcomings. It will not be hindered by our hesitancy or our trepidation. It will not be silenced by our mistakes. The God who leaves the 99 in search of the one seeks out you and me in our wanderings and calls us back home. Back in Guatemala, a few blocks after we had left behind that weeping woman in the dark street, I felt the word of the Lord come to me a second time as a sharp tugging at my heart. And Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan came into my head. And I recalled the actions of the Samaritan who placed an injured man he encountered on the roadside on his own animal and took him to an inn for the night and paid for him to rest and recover there. And I thought of Jesus' command to his disciples to be similarly merciful neighbors, to go and do likewise. So my friends and I discussed the situation again, and we decided to go back to the woman and offer to put her up in a hotel for the night. It was just what the parable of the Good Samaritan was asking of us, we decided. We knew that we had initially run from God's call, but we felt it was time to respond more faithfully this time, since the word of the Lord had come to us graciously yet forcefully a second time. So we retraced our steps and came to the street where we had seen her. We were ready to help this time. We had our plan in place this time, but she was gone, and the street was empty and silent. And all that remained were traces of blood on the sidewalk, dimly visible beneath the single street lamp that lit up that street. Friends, the hard thing about second chances is that sometimes they're not exactly like that first chance, right? Sometimes we're not able to start over completely or begin again at the beginning. Sometimes circumstances shift during our flight to Tarshish. But even when the past cannot be erased or undone, even when things cannot be the same again, God's grace continues to operate in our lives. God's grace can open before us a new path forward, a new direction in light of where we actually are, not in light of where we could have been. God's grace can find a way to Nineveh no matter how far we've fled towards Tarshish. God's grace can still find us no matter where we are. It took me a while to let go of the guilt I felt for my slow response to a person in need that day. I thought about it again and again, replaying in my mind all the things I would have done differently if I had a second chance at that situation. Y'all know how regret feels, right? And that image of the bloodied sidewalk remains etched in my mind to this day. I don't think I'll ever forget it. But maybe I'm given a second chance at that situation again and again whenever I encounter an urgent situation today. And insofar as God's grace has released me from the guilt of that incident, maybe I'm able to respond with a compassion I would not otherwise have if I hadn't fallen short 
that first time. Maybe that's the shape of God's redemptive work in our lives. Friends, know this. God will never give up on you. You can never wander too far or turn away too many times for the God who seeks and saves the lost to stop seeking and saving you. God in Christ has redeemed you from Tarshish and set you back upon the dry ground where the gracious word of God comes to you a second time. So may you be freed from your past mistakes to follow Jesus along the way, along the way that leads to life, life abundant, and life eternal. Alleluia and thanks be to God. Amen.